Matt. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Whew. Man, uh, nobody's here. Is it Saturday night? I think we... <laughs> oh, we're all alone tonight. Oh, no. Usually, about us. usually people... I mean, I can't expect them to be here every Saturday, you know? <laughs> you know what? I am super impressed with our with our little following, though. Right? Um, no, I couldn't. I couldn't be more impressed. Uh, the fact that so many people listen to us uh, discuss these strange topics every week. Um, right? You know, it's like kind of crazy. But uh, I'm really excited about tonight's topic because I don't know that much about it. I know, you know, a little bit about what happened, like the cliff notes. Um, but it's the Dietlov Pass incident. How familiar yeah. are you with the incident? Man, I'm I'm kind of familiar with it. It's yeah. one of those uh, some guys went into the mountains and shit went sideways. Exactly. Uh, mysterious disappearances. What's up, seventy seven Aspen? What's up, Scott? Thanks for joining us, guys, and everybody else um, that has not made their presence known in the chat. How you doing? Um, yeah, we're discussing the Dietlov Pass incident. In which I believe I don't know if these guys were on a expedition or if they were just hiking, but um, they disappeared under some strange circumstances. And you know, I was thinking about it, and I was trying to find some good uh, some good TikToks. And I was like, you know what? We did a lot of TikToks last week, um, and I know that people love the Y files and the videos that we've reviewed on the Y files. They, they've seemed pretty legit. So I pulled up an episode of the Y files and we're going to, we're going to watch it live okay? and uh, just talk about it as we go. Um, they talk about the incident and then apparently it may have been solved. So there's been questions about this incident. Like were they abducted by aliens? Did some sort of crazy monster come and eat them all? Um, was it the KGB Bigfoot? Um, so many, so many theories around this crazy incident that, um, you know, I think it'll be fun to watch this video um, and uh, get educated about it because it's been, man, it's been. I'm trying to remember the first time I heard of it, it had to have been several years ago. Oh, I heard but, about it a long time ago. It's just, yeah. I never. So, fun fact for everybody in the audience about me: I have what is known as attention deficit hyperactive disorder. <laughs> so I'll hear something, find it interesting. And then completely forget it ever existed. <laughs> um, so I hear about these things. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Dig into it for about all five minutes, get sidetracked, and then never come back to it. <laughs> so so for the guys that might ever be like, man, this guy doesn't know anything for being a co-host on one of these shows. Look, I have dropped a lot of knowledge. You have. You have. And <laughs> So just let it go. <laughs> these subjects, you know, I, it it's funny. When I bring them up to certain people that I really wouldn't expect – to know anything about any of these crazy out there, you know, incidents or even conspiracy theories or have any type of opinion on ghosts, UFOs, things like that, Bigfoot. Um, I've been surprised a couple times where we'd be talking and they'd be like, hey, have you ever heard of, you know, X crazy incident? And I'm like, wow, you know about that? That's crazy. So it's one of those things that's definitely um, been featured on one of those crazy Discovery Channel shows or uh, things like that. So I'm sure many people have heard of it in passing, but we're going to get a little bit more educated on it tonight and see what, uh, what could potentially have taken these people. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited, Matt. 
Oh, I I'm, hope everybody in the chat's excited. I'm pumped. Scott, yeah, it is cold. In fact, I am testing out a new heater in the garage. Nice. Um, so far, it's uh, nice and toasty, like almost T-shirt weather in here. It's, uh, you know, the past few weeks, actually, it's been like a month or two now. It's been pretty cold in my office. So I thought, you know, what better way to warm up than with a little cerveza here with a, a little koozie from my buddy Matt from Rolling Heavy Magazine. So in toast to me getting rid of my boogie van today. <laughs> Man, you know what? I'm, I'm sad for you on the boogie van, but just know how deeply happy I am that you, Blake, and I are still Plymouth bros. Yeah, you know, uh, I was secretly hoping that nobody would give me 25000 for the Roadrunner because I feel like I'd be leaving money on the table versus putting it together and being able to ask more money for it. And I know this isn't a car show, so I'll keep it short because after this, we're going to go live again. I think, Matt, are you going to go live with me on my other show? Is it the, uh, is it the discussion of the uh, <laughs> ghost of the car variety? Yeah, there's a couple of discussions I want to talk about because uh, I lit a couple of fires. <laughs> Bro, you know I'm always down for, especially for a fire. Um, I lit the fire on the Black Ghost, and I lit the fi- <laughs> lit the fire on prices of cars. <laughs> Here's what I love. You're like, this isn't a car show. Literally, everyone commenting <laughs> that joins us every week is car guys. So uh, I feel like we could talk about a haunted car, and it'd be their best episode ever. Yeah, that's actually not. A, I know there's some stories out there about. Uh, cars that have, are kind of interesting but um yeah. yeah so the boogie van's gone for those of you listening that maybe aren't car people uh i had a 70s style dodge van that i was going to build out to be a mobile podcast studio and it it's not working out now but i kept all the cool parts to make a cool boogie van so once uh once the dust settles from muscle cars at the strip then uh we'll be looking for another van but um because like until man, then <laughs> all we gotta do is now get you in another uh in a tin grill and we're set because Blake will have the Cuda and yeah, the Low Buck Hemi. I'll have Chief and the Duster, and you'll yeah. have your Roadrunner and a Tin Grill. I'm just yeah. saying. There's something I don't know. I like uh, I like that Roadrunner. I just don't love it yet. We're getting there, but um, we are going to be going. I have another podcast called Talking Mopars, and we're going to be <laughs> talking paranormal, talking Mopars. We're going to be going live on that shortly after this show ends um, to have a little roundtable discussion on a couple things. Um, but until then. We've got to talk about this crazy incident that happened at Dietlev Pass. So, Can I plug my other show real fast since you're plugging your show real quick? A hundred percent. Guys, if you, if you haven't gone to listen to it yet, you need to check out Big Block's Garage. Um, we're working on a resurgence right now. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite entertaining. Um, we got like 50-something episodes, I do believe. Um, darn near it. Um, go check it out. Give it a listen. Uh, I make zero dollar bucks off of that, so <laughs> I'm not trying to make money off of it. It's just it's a passion project. I just love doing it and getting to hang out with homies and talk truck. We talk mini trucks, we talk cars, we talk movies, we talk about anything. Just go check it out. Big Box Garage, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts. Hell yeah! Hey, you know I was looking at uh, some of our recent numbers. There's a little correlation between flat Earth and some of these numbers. I think they're. The it's, flatter, a hot, it's a hot dude, button, man. Man, I was surprised. We don't have very many subscribers, and double that number watched the Flat Earth episode. We didn't specifically talk about the Flat Earth, but I can only imagine 
that they came for Flat Earth Talk. So, Oh, dude, I tell you right now, I got such a lecture from my wife after the Flat Earth episode. <laughs> She's like, you are not a Flat Earther. And I was like, oh, God, no, I didn't say I was. <laughs> I just said, I think there's more to the planet than what we're told. Even people that are Flat Earthers, like, <laughs> there's like a community of them that are like, oh, I'm not a Flat Earther, but the Earth is fucking flat. And it's like, whoa, 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 dude. What? <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Um, but uh, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this video. It's about 20 minutes long. So um, we're it's it's YouTube. So we should be able to discuss as we go. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's rock and roll here. Let's get this thing going. Um, put it up like that. Unmute. And uh, as we get going here, let's just make sure the volume's good. So if anybody has a problem hearing it in the chat, just let me know. It's maxed right now. So it could blow our eardrums out. We're about to find out. When the helicopter rescue team arrived at the Dyatlov Pass in February 1959, the nine missing hikers had been dead for weeks. The more the investigators tried to piece together what happened, the more the story didn't seem to add up. Their tent had been cut open from the inside and abandoned, but there was no sign of a struggle. And over a half mile away, two victims were almost completely naked, though temperatures were 30 below zero that night. Other bodies were found even farther away. Two had fractured skulls. Two more had major chest injuries. One was missing his eyes, and another was missing her tongue. And reports show that two of the hikers had been exposed to unusually high amounts of radiation. Soviet investigators listed the cause of death as a compelling natural force and closed the case a few weeks later. The Dyatlov Pass incident has been a mystery for over 60 years. And theories include a military cover-up, a KGB operation gone wrong, a Bigfoot attack, and of course, aliens. Now, one researcher believes he knows what happened that night. Others are not so sure. Let's find out why. Is that Goldfish the co-host? The Goldfish, that's the Hecklefish. He talks shit. Oh my God, I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited. Oh man, you were here for the last... Though I forgot the about Watchmen. the hecklefish. Yeah, he's a little asshole. It's fun. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> but uh, did you hear the description of what happened to these people? That's bro. Man. It sounds like it sounds like they were cuddled up for warmth, or a mountainside orgy, whichever. <laughs> I, um, and and I think just let's give some immediate. Four thoughts just off of this. Let's give a hot take. Okay. So, so my hot take is, is they hit the storm or the storm yep. hit them. They got naked and huddled up for warmth and something attacked them and they cut their way out of the tent going the opposite direction from where whatever was attacking them. And then they froze to death, got bludgeoned, got taken out one by one. I mean, we've all seen Star Wars. We know what's out there in the cold. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that, like, you know, the eyes were taken, a tongue was taken, but they weren't all, like, brutally mutilated, you know? Right, I mean? so, I mean, like, certain, people, apart. certain people got mutilated, other people just got clubbed, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's it's in, it's an interesting attack, you know? Yeah. Um, so they could have just, they could have just pissed something off, and it was like, I'm just going to kill all these guys. <laughs> you know I, I mean? mean, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, chimpanzees, when they attack, they mutilate. <sighs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll they'll mutilate you. They'll rip your face off. They'll they'll bite. They'll rip your genitals off. They'll yeah. take your eyes. Like they'll they will. Chimps are vicious when they go on the warpath. I mean, 
ripping somebody's balls off in their life is like some of the worst shit you could do to somebody. But I, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, we really don't know. Like we we think we know about, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll just uh, categorize um, these creatures all into one, and we'll call, we'll say Bigfoot. But we know in other parts of the world, you know, Yetis, and in areas of Russia and like that Eastern European area, I. I'm starting to lean towards maybe non Bigfoot types, but more like primitive. Yeah, primitive, like Neanderthal, uh, like um, relic hominins that have yeah. survived. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fully possible that they're still out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they might have attacked. They might have. They might have been attacked by this whatever attacked them, and whatever attacked them might have been like, all right, it's too cold to sit here and eat you guys. So I'm just gonna murder you and get the hell out of here. So you I know? mean, I mean, there's there are animals that kill just to kill outside of humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. The radiation part, though, that was also interesting. It's like see the radiation, of radiation part. The radiation part gets me. That part's that part is the part I don't have anything for outside of an yeah. alien kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would be um, easy if, like, you know, maybe a couple of them were completely gone. There was a bunch of blood, and it's like, all right, whatever. God, I'm just wanted some food, you know. Um, and then they were they were gone for so long, or they weren't discovered for so long that that also raises some questions. Um, that, <laughs> my buddy, this is my buddy from work. I call him Uncle Roland. Uncle Roland says there's a pic of a Sasquatch who was saving them from being abducted by aliens. I would love no to joke. see that picture. I would yeah, love to see absolutely. that picture. Post a link in the chat and <laughs> find that picture, Roland, and uh, we'll have to take a look at that. But so, um, I, mean, I have Lance, no idea what to think. There's just so many questions. Lance brought up a good thing. So, I mean, but given where they were at, I mean, how much wildlife is actually there? Yeah. I mean, I'm not discrediting this, Lance, because that's, that's absolutely possible. As far as the eyes and the tongue and everything, but I mean, go for the probably the soft tissue that isn't absolutely frozen solid. But I mean, because I mean, you're for, talking about a super remote area in Russia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so here we go. Okay, all right. Interesting. Okay, so that that that, is, that explains a lot right there, actually. Yeah, that's. I, I would have never even thought about that. I would have thought strange disappearance. Fuck, radiation. So this is great. This is great stuff. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say that we can go ahead and disregard the radiation, especially if it was low levels and nobody else had it. Yep. You know what I mean? I'll say we can we can okay. kick that, that one out. All right, cool. So I'd say those are good hot takes. Uh, I'm leaning towards some sort of monster, whatever that is. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the same boat. Like, I'm not leaning toward like, – because let's be honest. If it was actually a KGB hit, they, would, they wouldn't have left evidence. <laughs> or they would have made it a little bit more like – you know, like when the when the Mexican cartels kill people, they kill people and make sure they, uh, you know, send a message. You Bro, know? Have you seen what's going on down there lately? Dude, man, I, I, I've i got a friend. I got a friend. I don't know why I just whispered uh, that. but <laughs> Dude, it, it, they're listening. <laughs> yeah, they already know we're talking about it. Um, Escuchen. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Mexico. I don't I don't trust that place, man. What we're seeing right now is when two different managers with two different work ethics take over. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, man. You see people just, they'll hang people from overpasses and shit. Like, that's the, that's the new guy. Yeah. The, the new guy's former military. Yeah. 
and he's all about um, making people, sure everybody. The thing is, is people wig out about like the things that Al Qaeda did, you know, to people like you know beheading people and stuff. And it's like the Mexican cartels, like hold my cerveza, watch this, and yeah. they do the most brutal hits on people. They'll go after your whole family. They'll kill your whole family and save you for last. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do not cross the cartel. Yeah, they'll they'll erase oh, your God. family tree. Um, but yeah, missile they- tests in the area at the time. Oh man, That's... no no bullets found. No no gunshots were fired. Um, well, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about maybe like the military. Maybe they saw something the military didn't want them to see, and they're like they come in, take care of business. But I, I don't think that I don't think they would have just left the bodies there to be discovered. To you know, no. So that that's I why think I think this was more primal. You know, so I guess uh, let's hit play and see see what comes up. Yeah, let's get into it. In the winter of 1959. Nine Russian adventurers were on a 200-mile cross-country hiking expedition making their way through the Siberian wilderness. This was difficult terrain, but the seven men and two women were young, fit, and highly experienced skiers and mountain climbers. They were led by 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov, a promising student studying engineering at the Euro Polytechnic Institute. A few others in the group were classmates of his at UPI. Now, before he left, Dyatlov told his friends back home that he would send them a telegram as soon as the team returned. Well, that letter was never sent, and none of the group was ever seen alive again. The hikers documented everything. They kept journals, and they took tons of pictures. They took selfies? Tons of them. Now, sure, there was lots of snow and frigid temperatures, but everyone was in good spirits, and things seemed to be going predictably until February 1st. That day, the group was making its way through Dyatlov Pass, though back then it didn't have a name, And as they tried to push through, they were hit with high winds and snow. The decreasing visibility pushed the group off course, and they accidentally ended up on the side of a mountain called Kolatsiakl by the region's indigenous people. Kola, Kolats? Kolatsiakl. Right. We got a translation? Dead mountain. Oh, boy. This is a photo of the group. In deep snow with almost zero visibility, digging out a platform for their tent. This is the last photo of them alive. The final entry in the group's diary reads, It is difficult to imagine such a comfort on the ridge, with shrill howling wind, hundreds of kilometers away from human settlements. And then, nothing. During their journey, members of the group sent postcards and letters to family and friends, informing them of their progress. But weeks had gone by without a single word, so people began to worry. On February 26th, Almost a month later, a search party was finally able to locate the campsite. And when they did, it was obvious something had gone terribly wrong. The tent, where the entire group slept, was discovered under a thin layer of snow. It had been cut open from the inside, but there was no sign of a struggle. Food, clothes, gear were still neatly stacked inside the tent. A meal had been set up, but the food was untouched. And there were no bodies. The next day, Nine sets of footprints were found leading down the mountain into the woods. The tracks were evenly spaced and they weren't deep. And this told investigators that the group was moving calmly and orderly. They weren't scrambling, they weren't running, and they weren't fighting. But the tracks were odd. They weren't made with boots. The tracks were made by people wearing socks or barefoot in sub-zero temperatures. Searchers then came across a cedar tree where they found the remains of a campfire. And near the fire, Buried in the snow were the first two victims of Dyatlov Pass, Doroshenko and Kravanashenko. 
They were almost naked, wearing only underwear. Though temperatures were 30 degrees below zero that night. Kravonashenko had blackened fingers and third degree burns on his shins and feet. And for some reason, in his mouth was a chunk of flesh that he had bitten off his right hand. The tree limbs above the fire were broken over five meters above the ground. And pieces of flesh were found in the tree bark and scraps of clothing were found in the branches. Now, why would they climb a tree? Was visibility so poor that they were looking for a way back to the tent? Were they gathering wood for the fire? Or were they trying to get away from something? <coughs> Rescuers expanded the search area and about 200 feet away, they found three more bodies, including Igor Dyatlov. They were positioned as if they were running away from the tree, trying to get back to the tent. Investigators said all of them had died of hypothermia as they had no damage except for superficial injuries and what would be caused by exposure to cold. But this doesn't explain why Doroshenko, who was found under the tree, had skin that was brownish purple, or why he had gray foam and gray liquid coming out of his mouth. It didn't explain the burns, the flayed limbs, or why someone would bite off a chunk of their own hand. Weird. The second set of bodies was Absolutely. also confusing. One of them had multiple skull fractures consistent with falling and tumbling over and over again, but there were no bloody rocks or stumps or any evidence anywhere that a fall had occurred. The only explanation at this point that despite being highly experienced at outdoor winter survival, they had suddenly fled into the dark and the cold without adequate preparation and were frantically trying to make do before succumbing to the elements. That's only five. What? Well, that's only five out of nine hikers. Did they find the other four? Well, they did, but not until months later. And when those bodies were discovered, the story gets even stranger. Four bodies were still missing for months, but in May, when the snow began to melt, a local hunter found a makeshift snow den in the woods about 250 feet from the cedar tree. A deep hole was cut in the snow and the floor was made of branches. Pieces of clothing were found scattered around the den. Black sweatpants with the right leg cut off, the left half of a woman's sweater. Another search team arrived and they uncovered the four remaining victims lying together in at least 10 feet of snow. Autopsy reports say that these people died not of exposure, but of massive injuries. And at this point, criminal investigators were brought in to determine if there was foul play. Three of the bodies had severe injuries, crushed body cavities, broken ribs, and internal hemorrhaging. One had a skull fracture so severe that foul play was eliminated because no human could generate the kind of force to create this level of damage. Instead, the injuries were consistent with being in a car crash or near the explosion of a bomb but no soft tissue damage was found and no external injuries. A careful inventory of clothing recovered showed that some of the victims were wearing clothes taken or cut off the bodies of the others that died before them. Avalanche? Well, that's what they originally thought, but an avalanche would have flattened the whole campsite. But if you look at the photos of the tent the searchers found, you can see that the skis and ski poles are still upright. There was no damage to the tree line and there was no debris. And people who die of avalanches usually asphyxiate, but post-mortem analysis shows no sign of this. They either died from injuries or died of cold, but either way, when they died, they were still breathing. The locals say that the Atlav Pass doesn't get avalanches. None were reported before the incident, and none have been reported since. And what's even more strange is two of the hikers' eyes were missing, and one of them was missing her tongue. Avalanches don't do that. They don't. And maybe the strangest detail of all Two of the hikers' clothing had significant levels of radiation. They, they were radioactive? Yep. Now, despite all of this strange evidence, the case went nowhere. 
due to what was called an absence of a guilty party. The investigation was closed a few weeks later. The final conclusion was that the cause of death was an unknown compelling force, which the hikers were unable to overcome. And that was it? That was it. But the victims' families weren't satisfied. At what time in history has an unknown compelling force <laughs> been used to describe the deaths of anybody except for this? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, God, it really sounds like they were running from something. It does, but like these, when they're talking about these injuries that no human could do, I'm like, I don't know. For some reason, I just get this. <laughs> like, what if they were abducted and then they were just dropped straight out of the <laughs> out oh, of the God. ship, right onto the ground? You know, car accident. You know, hit you hit snow hard enough, and I don't care how much powder it is. <laughs> yeah, know? but I mean, you also got to remember though, they said there was no out- external injuries. That's true. God, it's uh. Man, it, it's so weird. Like, I can't... I'm trying to put these pieces together, and just when I think that maybe I have something in my head where I'm like, hmm, there's a theory, then it's like they come up with something like, oh, one's missing its tongue, the other's missing eyes. I'm like, okay, well, this is not... Like, this isn't going anywhere. It's just... it's It could be one of the most mysterious mass deaths, like, if you want to call it a mass death, but like a, a group of people that have died ever i don't know just, oh for sure man it's just so crazy i'm really curious to see what uh what explanation or uh how they solved it i'm curious Satisfied. So, so they started demanding answers from the soviet government how did the soviets respond well all files journals and photographs were classified the area was made off limits and all evidence That's collected so weird. was destroyed of course why there's no shortage of theories about what happened we can. Yeah, why well, was Theories there... about what happened at the Dyatlov Pass. There is some good ones. So they declared it classified and destroyed everything. Why? What the fuck? Yeah, why? Hmm. Uh, let, let me put it to you this way. I don't think the government... I don't think any government would destroy or classify anything that they didn't have some hypothesis uh, or theory on. You know what I mean? I think... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that just increases the mystery to me. I'm like, all right, something that they don't want people finding out about. You yeah. Know? Okay. Uh, okay. This is this is getting good. Yeah. I'll cover a few, but I'll link to the full list in the description. The first theory is aliens. Be patient. Sorry, sorry. Go, go ahead. Remember that a lot of the hikers were students at the Euro Polytechnic Institute or connected with UPI in some way. Well, UPI was constantly turning out recruits for nuclear research and the Soviet military. Ooh, I like where this is going. First theory, the KGB connection. Alexei Radikin wrote a book called The Outlaw Pass, where he claimed that three of the hikers were KGB agents on a mission to uncover a secret cell of CIA operatives. During the Cold War, a favorite Soviet tactic was to plant radioactive material in places it didn't belong, just to set the Americans on fruitless searches. Now, Radican says that two or three of the hikers were hired by the KGB to deliver radioactive tainted clothing to CIA agents. And the oldest member of the group at age 37, Semyon Zolotaryov, joined the group at the last minute. Sus. He was a combat veteran with years of military service who eventually went to work for the NKVD, or the Soviet secret police. And before transferring to the physics department at UPI, 
He worked in Moscow at a top secret scientific facility known as P.O. Box 3394. And Yuri Kravonyshenko worked at P.O. Box 404-10, where a massive nuclear accident occurred in 1957. Alexei Radikin is convinced that this group was not gathered by accident. The histories of at least three of the hikers show a lot of KGB connection. The true objective of their mission, unknown to the other members, was to deliver radioactive samples to a group of agents of the CIA and take pictures of the spies. At the beginning of the journey, all the hikers had cameras and journals. We saw them. But when Kolevatov's body was discovered, his journal and camera were missing, and he was one of the suspected spies. Now, theory number two. Like, who's this guy? All right, now we're getting good. In 2014, the Discovery Channel released a documentary (laughs) called Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. And they used the Dyatlov incident to make their case that the hikers had disturbed the natural habitat of a Yeti. And they used this photo as evidence. The doc went on to say that the Yeti was the reason the bodies were missing eyes and a tongue. Now, this photo has been authenticated. It's absolutely real. But it doesn't look much like a Bigfoot to me. And that documentary was... Well, it was garbage. Here's my problem with so, him saying theory. this. Aliens! Says it doesn't look like a Bigfoot to him. Yeah. They've been described as smaller in that part of the world. Like I said, more Neanderthalic. You know, more yeah. more human-like. Well, also, it's like... I know polar bears are huge. So... Let's put it this way, okay? Let's put it this way. Um, how big would you say the deer are up in your neck of the woods? Like just a white tail. Do you have white tail up there or is it black tail? I think we have white tail deer up here. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a really a hunter, so I can't really speak too much. Um, as far as size, I mean, I, I actually work in a city called Kirkland, which is really close to Seattle. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it's a pretty populated city and I see deer there all the time yeah. and, uh, they're pretty good sized. I mean, I would say average. Um, bigger than small, I would say that for sure. Okay, um, well, the I, deer here are the white-tailed deer here are not are not big. They're not massive. Hmm. Um, they're actually on the I would say on the smaller side compared to some other deer I've seen. Now you look at places like Nebraska and Iowa and stuff like that, where there's more prominent agriculture. With like soybeans, corn, and everything else, those deer are absolutely massive, just yeah. absolutely massive. And uh, so you got to look at it this way: um, if you're in a part of the world where the food source isn't as prominent or geared towards growth, but more towards survival, you're not going to have a species. It can still be the same species, but it's not going to be as large. It's going to be like a subspecies of smaller cousins. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. It's still there, still the same tree, but it's gonna be smaller. Like my deer down here, we don't have as much agriculture with as much feed necessarily f- available. Um, so it was so they're smaller, but you get yeah. to places where it's more prominent, they're bigger. So I mean that's a prime example right there. So so when so him saying it's too small to be a yeti, um okay, white tail, black tail, muleys, and you guys got the trifecta. Um there you go, Roland. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Though. Like, uh, so, yes, it could be a Yeti. Yes, it could be a Bigfoot. And yes, it could be smaller than your average, your average guy. Because, I mean, it's 
I mean, I show me a picture that never that doesn't ever look cold coming out of Russia. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like definitely not what you would call a summer destination. For sure. Um gosh, I don't know. I I know about Russian Yetis, but I also know that it there's been some sighting reports where people say they look more like cavemen than animals. And I've never really heard anybody describe a Bigfoot um, as we know them in the United States as more um, caveman than animal. Right. Um, they're mostly compared to primates. Yeah. Uh, so I know that people say they see the faces and the face looks more human. But uh, I don't know. Uh, that picture was kind of compelling. But, you know. Lance says a lot of the other photos on the roll were all others traveling with them, and they say it's just another one of them. Who says that? All the dead people? <laughs> like, uh, like, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, it could so. be it could be somebody in like all covered up in snow gear, but gosh, uh, but I mean, it makes no sense where they'd be that far off from the rest of the group. Uh, hey, take a picture of me by these, you know, trees. <laughs> Looking absolute sus. Yeah. Or who invited this asshole? He's always like creeping behind us and stuff instead of staying yeah. with the group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, he just dis- he just discredits it all because I think when people think about Bigfoot, they think about a giant ape, you know, or an ape-like creature. And uh, in that part of the world, that's just not necessarily the case. Like I said, I've heard many accounts um, of more caveman-like um, creatures and. Based on what I know, I think cavemen were generally smaller than the modern human. Yes. Um, just proportionally, like their jaws were bigger, obviously foreheads bigger, bigger crown or uh, bigger brow ridge, things like that. Deeper um, set eyes. But I'm curious what other like he, he says <laughs> explained and solved. So I'm curious to see where he's going right. with this. Close enough. This theory says that the reason for the tent being cut from the inside was not to escape but to set up a camera on a makeshift tripod. Dyatlov himself had experimented with telescopes and was interested in spaceflight and astronomy. The local Mansi people had reported seeing glowing golden orbs in the sky that same night. And another hiking group camping 50 kilometers away also reported orange floating orbs in the exact same place at the exact same time. Hmm. There are even recovered photos from one of the cameras that shows some type of lights in the sky. Lev Ivanov, the lead investigator of the incident, said, I suspected at the time, and I'm almost sure now, that these bright flying spheres had a direct connection to the group's death. He also reported that the treetops in the area were burned above a certain height. In 1990, after Ivanov retired, he published an article claiming that the Soviet government forced him to abandon this theory, and they removed everything from the report that mentioned UFOs, orbs, or anything unusual. He insisted the deaths were due to heat rays or balls of fire associated with orbs. Yes! Another scientific theory is that a rare weather event generated infrasound that caused the hikers to suddenly become disoriented and anxious. Donnie Eicher, who spent five years researching the incident and actually visited the site, believes that a wind phenomenon called a Carmen Vortex Street could have produced a terrifying, powerful sound, which has proven to induce irrational fear in humans. We have a video about this on the channel. I'll link below. A nice plug. Now, if hit with infrasound, the group might have fled the tent and fallen victim to the cold before they realized what was happening. Now, those are just a few of the theories that have been circulating for years. Some say a weapons test went wrong. 
Others say the military killed the group and staged the scene. Carbon monoxide poisoning is another theory or a bad mushroom trip, though toxicology reports discount those theories. If you believe the reports. If you believe the reports. Nobody has been able to come up with a definitive answer. That is, until this year. Two scientists think they've solved the mystery of the Atlas Pass, and they use the movie Frozen to prove their theory. The Did you just fuck? say they use Frozen? <laughs> yeah. The Disney movie? That's right. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> do, 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 do. That one? Yeah, uh, that, that one. No, this I gotta hear. Hmm. Though the avalanche theory has been mostly dismissed, a new theory has been proposed that the hikers were hit by a very specific and rare kind of avalanche. Johan Gohm, a scientist who studies snow phenomena, was watching the movie Frozen with- Let it go, let it go. I'm a fish and I like water, let it go. You done? I love that movie. Gohm noticed that Disney had created very realistic snow movement. So he worked with studio animators to develop a model that shows how the group could have been hit by what's called a delayed slab avalanche. And this kind of avalanche occurs when you affect the warm, wet snow at the bottom of a slope. This causes the entire face of snow to eventually move at once. Now think about when you have two books stacked on top of each other. You could tilt them and they'll stick together until you reach a certain angle. Top book slides. Now, an avalanche only requires a 20-degree slope to trigger it. Now, the Dyatlov camp was built at 23 degrees. Gohm believes that when they cut into the snow to build their tent, it started a countdown. They initiated a chain reaction of micro-disturbances that took a few hours to propagate. Now, trapped under the slab, the group might have panicked and cut their way out. The injuries sustained by some of the group would have been consistent with another slab hitting them at full force. Yeah, but what about all the... You know, to do the weird stuff. Well, Gom says... We say that this is possible that such a slab avalanche would have injured them the way they were injured. Everything that happened after the avalanche is out of the scope of our paper. Convenient. Though it wasn't snowing that night, the hikers did have journal entries about howling winds. These were most likely catabatic winds. And catabatic winds fall down a slope and quickly gain speed due to gravity. And the winds are hurricane force, and they were absolutely detected by local weather stations that night. So the hikers cut their camp into the snow, which disturbed the slab. Then catabatic winds started blowing snow on top of the slab above the tent. And over the course of hours, the weight of the snow above camp reached critical mass, causing the entire slab to fall. Now, using the Disney snow animation, it was shown that just a small avalanche, maybe five by five meters, would have been enough to cover the camp but not enough snow that the rescue team would have noticed, especially since they didn't arrive on scene for 26 more days. So given this new information, can we piece together what happened to Dyatlov and his friends that night? I think we can. KGB, UFOs, orbs of light, these are fun theories, but I think this is what happened. The slab avalanche hits, covering them in a few feet of snow. The nine campers cut their way out of the tent. Yep, I did. What? Why leave all this stuff in the tent and, and then go out in the cold and there's skivvies? Well, it was discovered that they had a second stash of supplies in the forest. So they escape the avalanche, knowing they have backup supplies. They retreat to the trees and start a fire. The young trees at the bottom of the slope were icy and wet, so they climbed the cedar in search of dry wood. But with temperatures 30 below zero, they had very little time to save themselves. The two most poorly dressed were probably the first to go. The burned skin, probably from being desperately close to the fire, and with hypothermia setting in, they were losing sensation and didn't realize they were being burned. 
Krivenashenko, losing feeling and probably becoming delirious, bites his hand to test for sensation, and he dies within an hour. Seven survivors cut the clothes away from their friends and dress themselves in whatever they can scavenge from the bodies. Three of the group, including Dyatlov, try to make it back to the tent, but the steep incline and loose snow make it a difficult task. They soon freeze to death in the struggle uphill. The remaining four decide to build a snow shelter for the night. They find deep snow in a ravine a couple of hundred feet away, but their bad luck continues, and they pick a spot near a fast-running stream that never freezes. The stream cuts away the snow above their shelter, causing the roof to collapse. They're thrown onto the rocky stream bed and buried under 10 or 15 feet of snow. Now, in general, snow weighs about 20 pounds per cubic foot, a little over a pound per inch of depth. A section of snow that's 20 feet by 20 feet with a depth of 10 feet, that weighs between 85,000 and 100,000 pounds. That's 50 tons falling on you. So it's like being crushed under a tank. So your injuries would be severe. The missing eyes and tongue probably caused by scavenging animals or just by three months of decomposition near running water. What about the radiation? Right. The lanterns they used, which were found at the site, contain small amounts of thorium, which is radioactive. And remember, at least two of the hikers worked at a nuclear facility and helped with cleanup after an accident that was almost as bad as Chernobyl. So in retrospect, the nine campers made only one mistake, the placement of the tent. Everything else was by the book. They conducted an orderly evacuation to safer ground. They took shelter in the woods, started a fire, and dug out a snow cave. The textbook wrong decision in an avalanche is to stay put. Unfortunately, that wrong decision might have saved their lives. Now, today, Dyatlov Pass is a popular tourist destination. People come from all over the world to follow the group's footsteps and see where the tent once stood. People say prayers at the stream and leave flowers under the cedar tree where its broken branches are still visible. And just before the team embarked on their adventure, Kravanashenko wrote a poem addressing the entire group. Here's wishing you camps pitched on mounts afar, routes to hike over ranges untamed, packs that as ever rest lightly on your backs, and weather that smiles upon your quest, and let your footprints trace winding tracks across the map of Russia. It's been over 60 years since Dyatlov and eight of his courageous friends died on Dead Mountain. But I'm sure they'd be proud to know that not only did they leave their footprints on the map of Russia, but on the map of the entire world. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. My name is AJ, that's Hecklefish. This has been The Y Files. If you had fun or learned anything today, do me a favor and like, subscribe, comment, and share. Anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. Because it um, made sense, and I don't like it. It did make sense. Uh, it all fit. Now I'm like, damn it. There was still... See, it I would be too, able to concede and go, okay. It right, fit that too sense. neatly. It was too it, clean of an explanation. Yeah, it's like, hold on. Hold on. We're just going to brush aside the lights in the sky and the burnt treetops. Like, uh... I, don't I like just, I, I don't like it either. That was really, I was hoping they were going to say something like, as it turns out. And why, why, 
would it be classified? Right. There's certain questions left. You know, is the government that stupid that they can't figure that shit out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, there's still a question there. I feel like it's, that was just way too tidy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You can't just package it up like that. Just send me on my way. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> yeah, that's way too it's way too neat and clean. But I mean maybe some of these maybe some of these mysterious things maybe that's you know, maybe we look too deep into them and we go, well, I mean yeah, we very well, well could. I mean we're there there's, there's just a couple like that. things that are just still questions in my mind. Mainly the government involvement and calling it classified and then saying it uh, what a compelling force <laughs> like an un- a compelling unknown force it's like you're surrounded by snow so you can't say the snow's unknown you know yeah uh, it could it, lance is right could very well have been uh the lights um missile tests and then of course the burnt tops of the trees so i mean i guess yeah and then the I howling mean, wind could have been howling wind <laughs> you know later but someone, yes, <laughs> yes, Aspen, yes, someone put their dick in a portal, and this is what we hit. They absolutely did. Someone put the, that. That's it, Aspen. I think you just gave us a new angle here. Every time something's nightly, nice and neatly, tidily packaged <laughs> by a world leader. World leader. That's a. That's the dick in the portal. <laughs> Man, I just. Uh, you know, I guess I guess I want it for them that way instead of in their last moments being fearful of their lives, like from a monster or something. But they still died, yeah, um, tragically. Um, man, uh, Lance, that that sure was funny. Oh, <laughs> Lance, sure. Uh, Lance in our messages sent us a picture that uh, was photoshopped of a dick going through a portal. No, he did not. I didn't yeah. see it. You didn't see it? Go look at or go look for it. Oh, hold on, everybody. We should share it. <laughs> Um, where did you send that, Lance? I, I th- it was in our messages, but I forget where. Was it on YouTube or no? It had to have been uh, Instagram or Facebook. I don't know. So let's see here. Whatever the whatever the case, I'm I'm kind of pissed off. I uh, I was hoping we'd get some. I mean, once it oh, was there, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Screen share. Let's show everybody. Oh, I can't make it very big. No. Oh. <laughs> Facebook Messenger. I see. Let me see here. But man, gosh. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty good. Damn snow. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? Stop it. See what happens, Larry? This is what happens when you put your dick in a portal. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> yeah, we learned that Dietlev Pass was not quite as mysterious as we all thought, and confirmed that birds are real. You're correct, Scott. <laughs> Bigfoot is just a misidentified bear, and uh, hey, I'm not opposed to the uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, the video. Have you seen the videos of bears just cruising, walking upright? Yeah, I'm sure that many Bigfoot sightings are just uh, misidentified, upright walking bears. Um, and they can walk for a long period of time <laughs> standing up. But um, 
you're never going to, I think that might, uh, that might explain some of the dog men sightings too. Um, I'm sure a mangy ass looking bear standing on its hind legs. Uh, animal, the animal kingdom's weird. I saw a video of a, uh, of a fox with, um, two missing back legs, two missing hind legs. And, uh, it was doing just fine. <laughs> so Mike, I, also, what's, what's I, saw, you? I saw a rabbit the other day on my route at work that, uh, I don't know what his deal was, but, uh, his neck was like bent back and he was like looking up and behind him and just running erratically everywhere. And, uh, I was like, Oh, this poor bastard. He's got, rough. he's going to have a rough go. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's not alive anymore, but, uh, I was like, wow, how did he survive that? Or was he born like that and lived? I don't know. Um, but I mean, those little turns grow fast, so. Bigfoot, Yeti, or Sasquatch, who would win? Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and go. I, I classify Bigfoot and Sasquatch in the same. Um, Yeti, however, I feel is a little bit smaller. Um, I think Bigfoot and Sasquatch are very powerful creatures. Um, I mean... If you listen to Celebrity Deathmatch, <laughs> Nessie would win the fight yeah. <laughs> with a quick sweep of the tail. I actually, when you when you think about like, I don't know, when I went to the um, that Bigfoot museum in Boring, Oregon. Yeah, um, liter- literally, that's the town. That's the name's Boring. Um, they had a uh, a piece of evidence that was a tree branch, and I think I've talked about it before. It was like that that big around. And you could see that something grabbed it and twisted it and didn't break it, but twisted it. And it was left twisted like that. And I was just like, I mean, could you fake that? I'm sure you could, but God, (laughs) I mean, it'd be hard to fake the amount of power. And it didn't look like it had been softened in any way and then rehardened. Um, Nothing like that. But those creatures just seem to be so powerful to me. Um, And then the trees that are uprooted turned upside down, stripped of all their branches and slammed into the ground, you know, a foot or two. That's crazy. No human can do that kind of shit. I, I don't think. Um, and bears most certainly don't do that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I'm still just kind of reeling from this video. Like, damn, that would have, would have. It's kind of a letdown really. Yeah. Gosh. I, I want to apologize, but at the same time, I'm like, that's what happens, folks. We're trying to we're trying to get to the truth. We need the truth. The tr- I mean, you know what? You know what? I will say this. It was a very thorough and informative video. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that I like to see, but I don't I the the paranormal guy in me, the guy who likes all the weirdness and high strangeness shit. Like is not satisfied with that, but the guy looking for the truth is like, cool, we've solved it, <laughs> you know. Or I feel, just... I honestly feel like that's a solved kind of thing. I think um, so. I mean, we can, we can want and like to sensationalize yeah. it and say, yeah, Bigfoot was coming mm-hmm. to the tent, so they cut their way out. 100%. But the cuts were at the very front of the tent. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, you know, the more I think about it, you know, as unsatisfied is the person in me that wants it to be mysterious. You know, it's kind of like the same thing with debunking videos. Uh, where things are easily explained or set aside like, well, it could easily be faked. So we have to sit there and categorize that as likely faked. Um, right. That kind of stuff. And I, you know, as a, for somebody that wants all this shit to be weird <laughs> and strange and mysterious. Um, 
it all when, can't it all can't be it, it can't be but again if one if one ufo was really piloted by aliens if one person really saw a bigfoot you know all it takes is one you know yep but, but as far as this strange disappearance i or a strange group death I, I think it's been solved however like we've talked about before there are thousands of unsolved mysterious disappearances mysterious deaths i mean there's all kinds of weird stuff out there guys that have I not mean, been solved <laughs> we gotta you just know. let this one be explained and i think that one i mean it made sense that's the problem that's, that's why i don't like it it made sense <laughs> and you know like you were saying he did a great job of breaking it down because it's multifaceted but the way he broke it down it's like okay that you're right it made sense but it wasn't like you couldn't you couldn't just attribute it to one thing. It was a, it was a multitude of things that, you know, un- unfortunate circumstances that came together and caused the deaths of nine people. So, I mean, and he even said it. He even said it. he goes, the one mistake was this, and then it just got yeah. the rest of it. Just got him. And we know going back to the government classified thing. I mean, you know as well as I do that the government doesn't like to be wrong. And if they can't figure some shit out, they just assume go, well, fuck, we can't look like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so classify that shit, get rid of the evidence, you know, mysterious, exactly. you know, if we I can't mean, figure it out, no one else is going to figure it out. We'll let them think what they think. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh. Chris, I sent you a link for a funny little thing. I don't have sounds when I share YouTube. Okay. So I sent you a funny little link. <clears throat> This is for all the guys that came up in our age group. Surely everyone remembers this show. Oh, boy. Did you send it through Messenger? Yeah, I did. Okay, okay I see here. <laughs> all right. Surely everybody remembers this show. It was, <laughs> it was one of my go-tos. Like, I always watched this. Hold on a second. Let me get this out of here like that. Pull this over here like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> no hitting below the belt. <laughs> my command at all times and absolutely no touching of each other's buttocks. Any questions? <laughs> Nessie is the winner. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I loved that show. <sighs> yeah, back when MTV was still good. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, I'm going to, I would like to uh, give a shout out to everybody in the chat. And give you guys an opportunity to throw out some ideas for our next topic. And uh, Matt and I will decide right now what we're going to talk about next week. Throw so, it out there. If you guys have any ideas, there's 10 of you watching. I think that's the most we've ever had at one time. <laughs> you know what? Um, that is a new record. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks. If you're new here, welcome. Um, we're, we're always open to suggestions. And if any of you ever want to join us on the show and talk about weird stuff, you know, this is this is the show to do it. Not enough people watch it for you to ever be caught <laughs> talking about weird shit. So you know, you don't have to worry about it. We talked about dicks and portals, so no we topic did. is too weird. Yeah, no topic is too weird. 
So what do you guys want to what do you guys want to talk about next week? Give us something good. Now everybody's quiet. <laughs> yeah, now they're like, oh my god, Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch. You know what? We didn't really we haven't really done a Skinwalker Skinwalker episode, have we? No, I don't think so. I don't think we've ever talked about the ranch, but the ranch is a very interesting place, and they've been doing a lot of like documentary stuff on it and like shows. Oh, yeah. And there's been some strange stuff. Ghost Adventures has been there. I mm. mean, did so, they yeah, do okay. an episode there? They sure did. Really? They were stalked by something. All right, Matt. Let's uh, let's individually pick some strange incidents that have happened at Skinwalker, and we'll talk about. It. We'll also give like a general breakdown of the place. But for those of you that don't know about Skinwalker Ranch, it is a an area in Utah. Um, the is it Umatilla Basin? I forget. I forget what the name of the uh, of the basin I think is. You're right, huh? But it's an area in Utah where strange occurrences have happened, and the government has been involved um, with owning the ranch. Uh, the owners of the ranch, the original owners, I guess, were talking about all sorts of like all the paranormal things you could imagine: ghosts, Bigfoot portals <laughs> you know yes. poltergeist activity it is 512 acres okay outside uh in Una, unita county utah the nearest okay. city is ballard utah um i mean it's been yeah. all there's actually a series on it i think it's on netflix is it netflix um I thought it was the History Channel. I could be wrong. Hunt for the Skinwalker, and that's uh, that's Skinwalker Ranch. Um, the secret is, I'm sorry, you are right. The secret of Skinwalker Ranch is mm. on History Channel. See, I have a hard time with History Channel documentaries like Curse of Oak mm. Island. I've never seen that. Oh my god, dude! It's like ten seasons, and they're just it's these guys standing around this hole in the ground. They're like, "All right, we're gonna keep drilling. Maybe we'll find <laughs> something. Maybe we won't. Here's some wood." Here's Coconut Ryan. Tune in for the next episode. Um, what they're doing is they're looking for gold and uh, hints that the Templars were on Oak Island. Because it's rumored that the Templars stopped at Oak Island mm -hmm. on their way to hide the uh, Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Or the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting show as far as some of this, that aspect goes, but I mean, it's literally like, it is like watching paint dry because they never find anything. Um, <laughs> let's see here. But I mean, they've had uh, animal mutilations, like cattle mutilations and stuff. Oh, there. yeah. Like, um, obviously, uh, UFO activity. <laughs> oh, UFO sightings. And then uh, seeing skinwalkers. Sightings. Seeing skinwalkers, skin seeing giant wolves. Um, so many, so many crazy things that have happened at Skinwalker Ranch. Scott mentioned the China Lake California Navy Weapons Division. Um, I don't know anything about that. Oh, I guess we'll have to look into that at some point. Scott, don't forget about that. <laughs> Nazis have the archive. Listen, I mean... listen, no. Top men have the arc. <laughs> Top men. Um, so, I don't know if anybody here watched Big Bang Theory, but it ruined Indiana Jones and Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark for me. Did it? Oh, absolutely. Have you ever seen the episode I'm talking about? I don't what think they so. did was they pointed out the fact that Indiana Jones had no bearing on the story whatsoever. 
for, think about it. Like, it made me think about it, and it was ruined for me. I was like, son of a bitch. Because if it wasn't for Indy, they would have got the amulet sooner, found the ark sooner, got to the island sooner, and opened that sun bit sooner, and had their faces melted sooner. All he did was slow them down and keep them alive longer. Yeah, that's true, because it was inevitable they were going to open yeah. it. Yep, no matter what, no matter what he did, <laughs> they were going to open that goddamn box and get their faces melted off. That's hilarious. Ruined it for me. Just absolutely ruined it for me. I was like, mm. <laughs> what do you think about the new Indiana Jones coming out? Are you even interested? Man, there's some franchises that the problem of it is, is Harrison Ford told them and somehow got into his contract, from what I understand, that they can't replace him. They can't recast Indiana. So this is it. <laughs> so so okay. we get we get ninety year old Indiana Jones somehow 90. getting out there with a whip. Ninety year old Indiana Jones. Look, I really don't know how old he's supposed to be in the movies, but I'm just saying like Harrison Ford's up there. Well, the way they did the timeline in it, it's gonna have to be in the past because right now he would be like hundreds of years old. <laughs> well, right. I mean they like, I, I'm not uh, hundreds, but you know what I'm saying. He'd yeah, be oh, an old but, man. I mean he'd be up there. Yeah, he'd I be mean, old as fuck. Because he was out there whipping it up uh at thirty or forty with the Nazis. Yeah, because the yeah, because these movies were filmed in the eighties and they started in the thirties, basically. Yeah. Interesting. The Maury Island incident. I haven't heard about that. What's that all about? Maury Island incident. Let me see here. Let me I got Google opened up. Look that shit up, Jamie. <laughs> I'm sitting here like the Maury Island incident. Was he tells the Islanders they were not the father? <laughs> Scott says lots of exploration, evaluation, experiments, and testing in China Lake. Hmm. Refers to claims made by. Okay, so the Maury Island incident it happened in your state, actually, Maury Island in Washington. Um, in 1947, refers to claims made by Fred Chrisman and Harold Dahl of falling debris and threats made by men in black following sightings of unidentified flying objects in the sky over Maury Island in Puget Sound. The pair would later claim the events had occurred on June 21st, 1947. 1947 was an interesting year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> my God. My God. Hmm. So, so on June twenty fourth, nineteen forty seven, private pilot Kenneth Kenneth Arnold claimed that he saw a string of nine shiny unidentified flying objects flying past Mount Rainier at mm-hmm. speeds that Arnold estimated at a minimum of twelve hundred miles per hour. Arnold's report that was the that was the incident that coined the term flying saucers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because that's, uh, that's really what's in the next sentence. Thank you for stealing my thunder. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to look smart for once. Like, I knew some shit. <laughs> give, me, give me some credit, Matt. Fox. Chris is like, I got that reference. Hey, got it. <laughs> but, um, okay, okay. Um, yeah, let's... I really want to do Skinwalker Ranch for the next one. Let's do Skinwalker. these are great suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, keep these in mind. We'll probably ask you next week to remind us what they were, so keep them in mind for next week. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, I have ADD. 
Yeah. Um, I will forget this show exists until Saturday hits. <laughs> Matt usually hits me up about Thursday or Friday, like, hey, what are we talking about? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> and then I'm just like, man, let's wing it. <laughs> yeah. I really want to do an episode where we just go through like the absolute cheesy YouTube videos and make fun of them. Okay. We can do that. Like the one that we thought was absolutely legit. And then like, they like RKO'd a nun in the very oh, next video. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give credit to the videos that actually scare me or make me think they're real until they're bullshit. Bro. I'm telling you right now, that one that we thought was legit <laughs> made me a little nervous. <laughs> what pissed me off? What, what's pissed me off the most on this show was the series of videos with that weird family in that and little they, house. And then the guy, and then the guy starts going off and doing his own shit. And it's like, he was like a background character. And it's almost like he took over the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, the fuck? Uh, necromancy. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> not to be confused with necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, definitely not necrophilia, just necromancy. <laughs> Uh, you like, sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like zombies, or are you talking like necromancy? Like, like, are we talking the voodoo that you do? <laughs> or are we talking that you do? Or are we talking? <laughs> I mean, no, nope. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a family show. <laughs> um. There's definitely, man, voodoo is very, very strange. Um, I did hear that Rogan had a couple ghost hunters on his show from YouTube. Is that true? Say what now? I guess Joe Rogan on a recent episode had a couple YouTubers on his show, and they like hunt ghosts or go to paranormal locations or something. I haven't watched the episode, but um, I've heard it from a couple of people now. So I'm going to put this out there. And I don't want anybody to come for me. Oh, God. That's going to be good. I have not watched a single episode or listened to a single episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. Really? Ever? Ever. Wow. Um, there are some where I'm like, okay, this is too boring. And even the he dude, admits that he's had some dude people on that rubs, The dude just kind of rubs me wrong. Like, I find him an entertaining guy. Joe Rogan but, rubs you wrong? <laughs> but, man, there's just something about the guy. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just, maybe I just need to give it a shot. And just see how it goes, but man, I it, like I said, there's just some bad. Like it just, it just like him as a person just doesn't really jive with me. Really? I think it's because he's just like, I need to smoke a lot of weed, sit in an ice bath, and then we're gonna talk about some weird shit. And I'm just like, I mean, there's a little bit more to. I'll, I'll defend him here and say there's a little bit more to him than that. Um, Lance, I need you to just calm down. I said nobody <laughs> come for me. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. I'll say that there have been, there's been times where I've taken uh, Rogan breaks, but um, for my job, sometimes turning on a three hour podcast with somebody interesting and just getting zoned out is what I need. Um, have you tried Big Blocks Garage? I have, I have. You know, <laughs> I'll admit something here. Um, I recently, <laughs> you guys know to catch a predator, right? With Chris Hansen. Bro, have did you hear why that show got canceled? Yeah. I didn't know. You didn't know that? Well, that's what happens. That's what happens when you're a fucking creep DA or some shit. And you know you got caught trying to diddle young boys. And you know you got CP on your computer. So when they go to get you, you're going down for a long time. And you off yourself. 
Um, but he's he's back at it. He was doing Hanson versus Predator. And now he's got a podcast where he revisits all his cases. And uh, I discovered it by chance because I was listening to a comedy show. I think it was your mom's house. It was either your mom's house or one of the other ones. And they had him on. And they were just talking about these situations. And I think he was on those shows to promote his podcast. And I was like, he's got a podcast. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And it's disturbing, funny. And just, it, it's so crazy. Well, and here's my here's the thing. Since we're on to catch a predator, mm. did you hear about what's going on in Chicago right now? I don't know what's going on in Chicago. A police investigation has uncovered that hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of teachers were running a grooming exploitation and molestation ring on students in, in Chicago Ch- in Chicago schools I've been saying it I've been saying it mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some creeps out there and they run these fucking rings every anytime you said like back I know everybody's like oh QAnon that's crazy shit but there was a period of time where they actually had in LA I think it was where they had like a save the children rally and these people were getting criticized and because they were getting lumped in with QAnon, but there was a lot of them that were saying, no, you don't understand. Child sex trafficking and human trafficking in general is a giant problem that is for some reason not addressed. We'd rather address people that wear dresses that shouldn't be wearing dresses, <laughs> you know, like all this crazy shit, but they don't address the shit that's actually a real fucking problem. Because you know? nobody, because here's the thing, nobody wants to deal with something that is an actual problem. They want to deal with something that can easily just be walked away from and it's okay. Nobody wants to actually yeah. fix a problem when they get when they get fired up in these groups. Like look at PETA. Do you know what PETA's uh kill kill count is or percentage kill percentages? Like ninety eight percent. Yeah. Ninety eight percent of animals rescued by PETA are euthanized by PETA. Yeah. yeah. They're not worried they're not worried about actually helping these animals. They're more worried about getting donations and whatnot so they can pay their executives more like mm-hmm. uh what was it goodwill the goodwill company did you know they're not a charitable organization oh they're for profit for sure <laughs> goodwill is actually privately owned and the dude clears about i think two to three million dollars a year just himself that owns it because all of his merchandise is donated yeah yeah and he it's, sells it's, it. it's the perfect marketing plan we'll call it goodwill <laughs> <laughs> now, helping hands. I don't know if you guys have helping hands out in your neck of the woods, but here uh-huh. we have helping hands, and they'll actually give bill assistance if you come and get lined up. They offer bill assistance, and they'll help hmm. you pay a bill to keep power on or and cool. whatnot. So, I mean, that's actually a charitable organization, and they fund that. They raise that money by selling the donated goods. So, it's not a privately owned organization; it's an actual charitable organization. Hmm. Wow, some interesting stuff's happening in the chat right now. So, um, going back to the Chicago thing, um, this child trafficking shit needs to stop, and it is a giant problem. And until people stand up and talk about it, most people will just sweep it under the rug. And actually, um, Chris Hansen, speaking of Chris Hansen, he did like an expose on what's going on on sex tourism in Cambodia and shit. And the shit that goes on in these third world countries will make you sick to your stomach. It'll make you it'll make you want to go vigilante and get like a bunch of like ex-military guys and go, let's just go commando over there and just take care of these fucking these scumbags. Um, 
I watched that documentary years ago and uh, or that it was like a it was like a piece on um, Dateline NBC. It, it was absolutely disgusting and it opened my eyes to what's really going on in the world. And then when I found out that most of the people that go to these places are Americans and that Americans are pretty much running the show with this kind of shit and that billions of dollars oh, yeah. and tens of thousands, tens of thousands of children are abused in this way. And we never know about it because we live in our fancy houses with our Netflix and shit. And these poor kids in these countries are so third world. Their parents are selling them. Um, it is, uh, it's, in my opinion, it's the big, like bigger than a, like it's an, it's a pandemic. <laughs> you know Absolutely. what I mean? It's, um, the worst, the worst thing on earth right now is child sex trafficking. It was on Amazon. Watch Amazon. Uh, Operation Underground Railroad. Oh yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah, Tim Ballard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of them. They're actually, they're putting out some movies that are gonna blow the lid off some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for anybody in the audience that hasn't watched it, um, Tim Ballard's actually retired CIA and Special Forces. And he works with local law enforcement in these in these third world countries and stuff like that, doing stings and taking down uh, sex tourists and tourism that abuse that abuse children and women. Um, and he actually has two children that he adopted out of this Haiti out of, out of Haiti. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Straight out of a child, he prevented those two children from being literally sold um, and disappeared. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that goes into like a whole conspiracy theory about the Clinton, the Clinton operation that was going on in Haiti, and um, somebody that was tied to him that tried to get kids out of there and got nailed for human trafficking and shit. Like, is just <laughs> you can they can try to ignore the the problem as much as they want, but the more people that start looking into it and start uh, understanding what the hell is going on, I'm going to tell you guys again. I keep saying this. Go to bitshoot.com. B i t chute dot com, and look up Mouthy Buddha, and he talks about these pedos in Hollywood and the music industry. Like, and he he pieces it all together in a way that shows you that oh, they're doing this right under our noses, and we have no idea. Um, and like I said before, when they talk about this QAnon, Pizza Gate stuff, um. Like people just blow it off because it sounds so crazy, but there's definitely something there. And when you hear about hundreds of teachers in Chicago having a ring, you think that's only do you think that's just one spot? Fuck no. Um, these sickos are everywhere, and until we blow the lid off of them and like expose them for what they are, you know, it's just gonna keep going on. Um, I did notice something in the chat that was kind of interesting. Uh Scott. Says question for everyone on here. I've been smelling cigarette smoke in my house, even more so lately. And my deceased dad's birthday is this month. Should I be concerned? He might just be visiting you. If he was a smoker, if he wasn't. <laughs> um, Lance says, no, we smell smoke when we get visited by a nephew that burnt in a house fire. Um, and he checks on fire alarms. That's insane. That's crazy. Scott's girlfriend doesn't smell it at all. Just him. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Lance says, we just tell him we are safe and to go away, and he stops. Wow. Smoke alarm was going off in my hand, disconnected from the wall and battery out. I had to smash it to stop it. It's intense. Wow. Crazy. All right, guys. 
we've gone an hour and 15. We'll keep it short this week, and we will prepare for Skinwalker Ranch next week and talk about all the strangeness there and all the crazy shit that's going on. Um, Definitely not a shortness of topics for Skinwalker Ranch. That's why I'm excited to do that one. No, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I think is the weirdest. Shit. I think for me, the portal shit where they're watching portals open up in the sky or like in front of them in a field, and watching Bigfoot step out of them. And these aren't just like these are like soldiers and scientists that have seen this shit allegedly. Um, but we'll, we'll go into some of the conspiracy theories around it. Some some of what's been going on and some of the things that are a little bit fishy to me so the magic of add is you <laughs> randomly get memories okay there was a show back in the late 90s was a very short-lived show but it was like them journeying to the center of the earth okay and they stumbled across a yeti who joined their crew because he was sentient and spoke english okay now the premise of it was was Yetis and Bigfoot are the guardians of the gates to the center of the earth, and they're meant to keep people away from it. And he failed because he interacted with a person, so he was banished. Hmm. It was a very interesting concept. It was very... <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you know, yeah. but, we, but we've also said, they will tell you what the truth is through symbolism and media. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's oh, I part. Mean, of, I think that's part of the contract is you can do whatever you want, but you have to at least be open about it. And they found a way that they can skirt the skirt the rules a little bit. Like, all right, we'll be open about it in movies and shit and TV, so that they don't understand that it's real. Yeah, so. like you have to make it so sensationalized that they don't believe it's actually happening around them. Yeah, but it's like if you told me, dude, there's a show. Where there's a a ring of pedos in Chicago, it's a bunch of teachers that are doing this shit, and a cop's like going to break them down, and like he'd be like, "Sounds like a pretty crazy TV show." And then you're telling me it's real, and I'm like, "It's sad that I'm sitting here going, yeah, no shit, that shit is everywhere, and we're just yeah. they are very organized." <laughs> but um, so yeah, real quick, so watch your watch your kids, people, watch your kids. Always keep on your kids. So what I'm saying is, like, you can be a guardian and not like just absolutely demolish somebody. Like, they just, it operates as like a, hey, that was scary. I don't want to interact with that. You know what I mean? To lead you away from it. I mean, I again, it was a goddamn TV show. Quit overthinking <laughs> it. Could be though. Could you imagine if Bigfoot was just like, hey, look at me? Da 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 da. Don't look over there because there's a hole to the center of the earth. <laughs> you know right, I mean? that's what I'm saying. Like it's just a, it's just a thing. Like I, it was just uh, a random memory of a random TV show. I like, excuse the hell out of me. And everybody's like, they're not guarding the center of the earth, Matt. The they they ain't guard nothing. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And on that note, don't stick your dick in a portal. Anything is possible. And Matt, it's a thousand percent, maybe, man. There you go. We'll see you guys next week. Maybe they're guarding something. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us once again right here on Talking Paranormal. See you guys. Adios.